0: Talking with George Abu Zed, running for the seat currently held by William Timmons, the 4th District. George, tell us a little about you.
1: Sure. Well, like you said, uh, my name is George Abu Zed, and I'm running for Congress here in the 4th Congressional District. I'm a true conservative and an actual Republican. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a I have four young, beautiful children. I'm a former naval aviator. Well, I'm not as cool as Tom Cruise, my uh, children still love to hear my sea stories. I'm the son of legal immigrants. I'm an upstate resident. I'm a former Wounded Warrior fellow, and uh, I am a very proud American.
0: Very good, George. All right, let me uh, ask you the the, uh, the three questions we always ask all the candidates here. Sure. Number one, what makes you qualified to hold the office you seek?
1: sure i think that the greatest qualification is that i'm not a politician i've never held um, a political office in my life what i have done i have served my country for over 11 years as a former navy pilot and uh, like everybody else in the district i depend on my paycheck Um, in the last two years because of covid uh, right now i'm an airline pilot so i went from the navy to the airlines and then from the airlines i went to unemployment so I know what the sting of unemployment is and the pain of inflation. And I think and the reason I I was unemployed was due to the two weeks to flatten the curve became two weeks to um two weeks to <laughs> not have a job. As an airline pilot, people weren't flying. And therefore I was furloughed during that time period. And that was very scary for my wife, myself. Uh, I have four kids. They're very young, six, eight, ten, and twelve. And um what made me want to run, or why I'm qualified, is I think we need representatives who are just like us. They should be a reflection of society. They should know what it feels like to be unemployed. They should know what it's like to be furloughed. They should want to um, represent and, and fight for those things that people care about. So uh, so my qualification is um, I, am, I am the average – I don't want to say Joe, but I'm the average George. How about that? <laughs> um, and I love my nation. My, my parents came here as legal immigrants, and they learned English. They assimilated. Uh, they have never been ashamed of this nation. Actually, my, mo- my mother often, as I was growing up, would say, there is nowhere else to go. There is nowhere else to go from the United States. And I believe that. And so my brother became a Marine. I joined the Navy, and, 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 and the rest is history. <laughs> so.
0: Sounds great. All right, now we'll go to question number two. What do you feel are the three big issues the office you seek is dealing with right now?
1: There are so many issues we can talk about, and that's a really good question. Well, I I would talk about the first one is freedom. And and I know it's a very broad topic, but what do I mean by that? In the last two years, I have been forced to choose between putting food and a roof over the heads of my wife and children or taking a shot. Now, what do I mean? So I am not anti-vaccines. In the military, they gave us dozens and dozens of them. But what I am against is being mandated to take a vaccine that's new and experimental to a degree. Um, And so in my time, when I was in the military, my wife and I, well, Biden came out with a vaccine mandate. And at the time I was in the Naval Reserve. I decided I will not take that vaccine um, for my own personal reasons. Now, my wife and I prayed about it and we we learned that, hey, look, we might lose our, our job. So we prayed about it some more and I decided, I said, you know what? I told the Navy, I said, you know, I would rather resign from the naval service than be forced to comply with something I don't truly believe in. So I, I left the naval service uh, essentially in protest. And then two weeks, I mean, and then about a month later, uh, the company I worked for said, hey, look, you get this shot or you're fired. And that was on November 24th. And uh, again, we prayed about it and said, is our God big enough? And He is. I didn't get the shot, and eventually I was given a religious exemption. So, you ask me what's what's big here, what's going on, what are the you know biggest things that Americans or South Carolinians need to focus on? It's your 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 choice, your freedom to do to provide for your family. I don't think we should have those kinds of uh, mandates. The second one I would say is inflation. Uh, inflation: every dollar the U.S. government prints, the money in your pocket becomes less. And the guy I'm running against. Uh, William Timmons has voted several times. I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but the, he voted for Joe Biden's $1.5 trillion appropriations bill. It's also known as the omnibus spending bill. It, it is 2,747 pages long. I don't know about you, Bob, but I can tell you it would take me six months to read that many pages properly. <laughs> <No> <laughs> you, know? no
0: you can't read no that.
1: Doubt. And tucked away in that was $14 billion to Ukraine. You know what else was uh, tucked away in that? A 21% increase for congressional salaries. Not their personal salaries, but their members' representational uh, uh, allowance. And that allows them to travel, allows them to pay for staffers and all their random expenses. Let me ask you, Bob, have you received a 21% pay (laughs) increase Uh, with your job? I was going to say,
0: I I (laughs) must have missed out on that one. Yeah, you know why? Because they pass it at
1: 1.30 in the morning and that was tucked in that bill, and no one talked about it. No one seemed to care about it. You would have to be a political insider to know what's going on with that. So, And then, you know, so the incumbent runs around saying, these are great bills. I No, that is not how we build a strong country. You know, I'm a Christian, and I truly believe this, that you should work with what God gives you. We need to, work, we need to have, be fiscally responsible. We need to be good stewards of uh, the talents and the money that God gives us. And voting for $1.5 trillion, that's not how you do it. We shouldn't be spending over $54 billion in Ukraine. We should be spending that money here on our own kids. We should be spending that money on not building a wall, but finishing a wall. And your third point, and I'll go really quickly through this, is education. Who knows best about their children's education than parents? It is up to the parents to decide what kids should learn. I was appalled You know. It was four or five months ago when the Department of Justice, they got a, a, a referral from the National uh, School Board Association saying, oh, parents are yelling at us, so they're domestic terrorists. So they used the DOJ, which contacted the FBI, to look up parents. Why is that? Why is our government so afraid of its citizens? Why is our government so afraid of parents caring for their kids? I can tell you when I was furloughed, um, thank, thank God, my wife found a job. And I was at home, and I helped three children do um, online school. And that was challenging, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And in that time period, the only thing I thought was, do you know why these kids are at home right now? They're home because the government forced them to be home. I think we should have some kind of voucher system. Where the government, you know, the state and the government says, hey, here's the average student in South Carolina that the government spends about six thousand four hundred dollars on. You should give that to the parent and they should decide what schools to send their kids to. Or they should use that money for, you know, they can homeschool and they can be a part of some type of co-op. My little sister was homeschooled and I was homeschooled for just two years, but she my little sister was homeschooled her whole life. But I think you could use that money better. Who knows their children better than parents do? And so, right. Right. I, I think it's pivotal that we look at our education. And I, I don't like the fact that we have this bureaucratic state, both federally and at the state level, dictating what our children learn. Um, you know, prior to 1980, there was no Department of Education, and somehow we beat, well, we won World War One, we won World War Two. Our nation was one of the most educated nations in the world, and there was never a Department of Education uh so we created this you know D, uh, doe and uh it just grew and grew and grew and what do we get for that what's the return on the money that we have invested in all of these bureaucratic agencies i'd say it's very low if you look at you know some of the things here in our country uh people keep you know there's things that you know we don't match up in the same degree um, right. however um again i am sorry i'm going to circle back to this so we need to focus on our kids. And another way we can do that is instead of spending the money, you know, on uh, on on uh, pay increases and things like that, we can do it. Yeah. We should fortify our schools. You know, I think that's Excellent. something we should do. I. Uh, so, <laughs> this may sound like a little bit of rambling, but we have forty billion dollars. Let's get some school resource officers. Let's train some teachers or you know former police officers, former military members, how to use firearms. Um, and a really good defense of that would be pilots. I'm an airline pilot right now. Do you know that if I wanted to right now, I can go become a federal flight deck officer. What is that? You go to school and you learn how to use a firearm and then you become a badged officer on a commercial airline. so we can train mm. pilots to do to do that and we're not that smart. okay, I know a lot of people are like, oh pilots we're like <laughs> we're, we're not that smart we We press buttons and we hit the autopilot and then we land the airplane. so if a pilot can do it, anybody can do it um yeah. And so who who better to train than the people who train our kids?
0: Yeah, sounds like a great idea. All right, uh, if you're ready, we'll move on to question number three. Sure. What are three specific proposals you would introduce once elected?
1: (laughs) Oh, I can tell you this. I will not vote for more government spending. People say, how are you going to reduce the bureaucratic state or what I'd like to call the administrative state? Um, Three proposals. So reduce the funding. We starve. Mm-hmm. It. You're not going to get rid of these agencies, but you know what you can do? You can starve them for money, for cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the best way to do that. Uh, the second proposal I would say is you should have autonomy over your own body. I will not. And what I mean by that was the mandates. I don't believe um, I, I think there should have been legislation sponsored quickly for that. Uh, the incumbent waited months before he sponsored any legislation against biden's vaccine mandates i think that is um that's not good enough for me i would have had that stuff ready back in january biden announced it in september two months later uh the incumbent came out and said okay i you know i put my finger in the wind and i see that most people want us to do this now we're going to do it you have to be proactive not reactive um in that regard and the third uh uh, piece of legislation would be I don't think we should be, America should ever give its sovereignty to a foreign nation or a globalist uh, institution. So, what, what do I mean by that? The United Nations, the World Health Organization. I will never sponsor legislation for that. In fact, I would make it harder for a president to try to do that. I don't think we should cede our rights in the Navy. I defended the nation for over 11 years and I swore my allegiance to the US Constitution. Not a global entity or, you know, a dictator, a dictatorship, right. I would say. Right. But yes. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, uh, tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your campaign.
1: Sure. So if you look up uh, abuzedforcongress.com, that's my website. I'm also on uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, under the Abuzed for Congress. They can find me there. I'm on Ballotpedia. There's a lot of information on uh, regarding my history on there. and uh, Or you can give me a phone call. Um, uh, my number is 864 754 3490. I don't always answer that, but uh, I'll get back within 24 to 48 hours. Like I said, I'm an airline pilot, so it takes me some time to do that. And then my campaign staff is, hey, you know, Sharon called. You need to respond. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes ma'am. So, uh, Abu Zed for Congress. And then I'll, this is the same handle on Twitter and Facebook. and uh, Or, Abu Zed for Congress at gmail.com is another way to get a hold of me, and I will respond to that uh, very quickly.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, thank you for your time, George. I I really appreciate that.
1: Yes, uh, Bob, I appreciate it, and thank you for uh, calling me and letting me uh, spread the message, sir.
0: Oh, no worries, and good luck on uh, June 14th.
1: June
0: 14th, that's right. And actually, you know, early voting has already started, so you can get out there now. Yes, it has, so they can get out there and do that now. George Abu Zed running for District 4, South Carolina. Thank you for listening to the South Carolina Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Sloan. If you have any questions about what you heard here today, email me at bob at bobsloan.com. That's B-O-B-S-L-O-N-E dot com. You can find out more about what we do here at Bob Sloan Audio Productions on my website at bobsloan.com. Again, thank you for listening. And make sure you follow, share, and leave a review.